Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome, Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Las Vegas, where we don't sugarcoat shit. We have uh, me, of course, in Studio B, along with Sammy in Studio A. Hey. And we also have Carl Haby, Fox News, on the line. Hi, Carl. How are you? Carl? You. There you are. I said, hi, Carl. How are you? Oh, hey. What's happening? And what's happening? He's eating a big burrito right now. Burrito. <laughs> the burrito oh, yeah. is more interesting it's than we life, are. Man. No. His wife cooked it on a rock. No. No, my wife doesn't cook. <laughs> What kind of burrito is one of those frozen ones? Yeah. Oh, no, Chipotle. I, Chipotle. Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Chipotle. I'm going to go to the Chipotle. <laughs> gonna... Anyway, Renegade Nation, um, Carl Higby, Fox News. We're going to talk about the um, Mr. Comey, who has been, you're fired. <laughs> We're going to talk. <laughs> it's really funny that the guy's in. The guy's in L.A. Renegade Nation, and he's giving a speech to a bunch of FBI agents or something. And he, all of a sudden, he finds out. Well, Carl told me, Colt told us right before we went on air that um, he got a letter <laughs> stating that he was going to be around. <laughs> and apparently, he thought it was a joke, right, Carl? Yeah, I mean, that's that's this is what I know is that he got this letter, and they were basically like, "You're, you know, you're you're axed." And he thought it was a joke, and then he saw it on TV. And he was like, oh, snap, I really am fired. <laughs> what a great way to be fired. He's standing in front of all these FBI agents, and they're bowing down to this guy, oh, God. Sammy. And on TV, CNN, I think it was CNN, yeah. who was it, Fox or CNN reported? Who knows? That's so fired. funny. I was, hey, Carl, I was laughing so hard when he told me that. I was like, <laughs> oh, my I mean, like, God. That's what, that's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true, but that's what I've heard. I mean, oh, either I believe way, it's it. a great story. I believe it's true because Comey's not that bright. <laughs> well, I, 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 I saw it on the news last night. I think it was on Fox with with Tucker, and he said something about it that he, he learned from TV that he got fired. Gosh. And I went, what a great way to end your FBI career, your criminal career. I, not criminal, well, whatever. Like, I'd want to do something, like, profound, too, like streak through the FBI building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> streak through the like, <laughs> Somebody said he should be a basketball star. The uh, 76ers or the Knicks should pick him up. He's so yeah, tall. You know what it would be? It would be so awesome if he would have sent a messenger pigeon <laughs> to the FBI office. Or You're Trump, fired. Trump sent a pigeon to shit on yeah. him. You're out. You're, See ya. So, so what's the bottom line in this? I know you were on Fox all day talking about it. What, what is the bottom line? Because all the talking heads, Carl, were saying all kind of things. So what do you think it really, and from your perspective, what do you, so, why, why do you think Well, here's Trump the thing. Is like, you know, there's, there, Comey's got, um, you know, uh, uh, he's got a laundry list of, of, Real big screw ups. Um, sorry, I'm just choking on, my, on this burrito right now. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, what happens when you eat Mexican food. Well, it's, I, I got it with the chips, and you know, you put the rice on the chips, and, the, and whatever. That's the white so, boy way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it's the same with the guy who calls it Chipotle. <laughs> Here's the thing I'm going like, to Chipotle. Okay, go ahead. But on a serious note, this, this Comey thing, like, I mean, oh keep in mind, Comey was the director of the FBI through a number of scandals. Like, he had the one with where they, they literally had Sarnoff, the uh, Boston bomber, in, you know, in custody, not custody, but in questioning. And they were like, well, we're going to let oh, him go because yeah. we don't think he's a threat. They had the. The guy who shot up the Orlando nightclub. They had that guy. Like, yeah. I mean, they had a number of these. It was a thing after thing after thing. I mean, there's like a dozen of these things. And these are major screw-ups. And somehow he still kept his job. So, I mean, he actually did serve the shortest of any FBI director, I think, since like the 50s. <laughs> so, you know, he, he does this. He, 
you know, the, the president has every justification, justification to fire him, but he does have to articulate why he did it now. Because that is the one thing. And whoever released the communications on this was just not really on point with it because the FBI should have gotten way out ahead of this or the, you know, the White House. And, and, you know, Sarah Huckabee, I think, is doing a great job. But I think there's someone in the chain that dropped the ball on this. And it wasn't Sean Spicer. It wasn't Sarah Huckabee. It it was someone in the chain dropped the ball on the on the articulation of of this incident. And what it should have said is they could have said anything. And it could have been as simple as, look. We lost faith in him a long time ago, but we were trying to get our administration in place. We were trying to do this. We were trying to do that, X, Y, and Z. And it just didn't make sense to fire him at the time. But now that we've got these things moving and in place, now we're going to fire him. And all the Democrats, like, you know, I, 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 I tweeted out this morning. I said, hey, Chuck Schumer, how about this? You're so worried about this, in, uh, you know, colluding on the Russia, the Russia investigation. So here's the deal. If Trump came out right now to a podium and said, Chuck Schumer, I will publicly back an independent prosecutor. If you are willing to say that you will surrender your seat, you will forego your seat if nothing is turned up from the investigation. How does that sound? Win-win, because here's the deal. At that point, Chuck Schumer has to say, yeah, I'll, I'll make that agreement. Okay? There's no, there's no freaking evidence. Hey, Carl, he, he, Carl, didn't Chuck, Chuck Schumer flip-flop on, on Comey? Oh, yeah, of course. They all did. But all- here's the thing is if, if they, this puts Trump on the offensive now because he can say, well, look, Chuck Schumer doesn't even believe in his own narrative because he's not willing to stake his seat on it. And then, you know what Trump says when he went after Chuck Schumer's already, you know what, even though Chuck Schumer's a spineless turd, I have, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, appoint an independent prosecutor anyway. And then it's like he wins. He wins and wins and wins. I mean, it's like there's that's the way to do it. Uh, hey, Carl, do you think Hillary's shitting in her, in her panties right now? Mm. I was going to say something about that. I think that this is a part of a large, not her panties, but um, I think this is a larger part about. I don't even Grandma panties? About, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, this is a larger part of um, of the of the puzzle that I believe something is coming against Hillary, and that is partially why they removed Comey. I, I mean, he, look, I, he can't I, open the investigation a third time. He I, just can't I, th- do I think you're right, Carl. There's something going on here, uh, even though he has done a terrible job. And if you go back, Renegade Nation, back four years ago with the Boston bombing, and there was a lot of issues going on. Benghazi, I think, was part of this, too. Uh, a lot of things that uh, people yeah. have forgotten about over the years. This guy has coasted through a lot mm-hmm. of scandals. And I think you're 100% right, Carl. I thought that last night <clears throat> I was watching Carlson, and I'm going, yeah, what's going on? There's the, there's always a plan of attack. There's always some type of um, planning involved here as to which way they're going to go. Well, and two, he's not he's not protected by the Clintons anymore. True. Do you think he, do you think he was uh, doing that? <clears throat> um, nah, nah, no, no. I I think Comey is largely above board as far as like you know not scandal ridden. I think he's just I think he's just a little incompetent. Why the Demo- the Democrats? Continue, continue this onslaught of the Russian stuff. I, I, I don't, I, I can't figure out for the life of me. And I talked about politics for a long time. Dude, as you want to know, Carl, I don't understand where the Russians come in with this. I really don't. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. Thing, I might be like, stupid. Even here. Maxine Waters, Jesus, Maxine! Maxine Waters, like, the farthest left <laughs> lunatic out there, aside from like Elizabeth Warren, has said that there is no evidence of collusion. Like, uh, like, really? show me the money. Show, show me the me. evidence. Uh, yeah, you go look it up on Instagram. There's a video of it. Um. There's, show me the evidence. Like, look, you guys want to investigate? Great, fine, go ahead and do that. But I would say, like, if there turns up nothing, I want you to repay the taxpayers for the stupid investigation. There you go. 
Well, it's funny you brought up Maxine Waters. Uh, back in the day, me and Marley used to, we made fun of her back in 2011 when nobody knew what was really going on. And we said, how dumb this broad was. And then all of a sudden, Marley goes, Maxine! <laughs> now, now we're racist. Yeah, okay. well, you know. yeah, so Carl, yeah, that's really interesting how this is all going to play out. I, I think they, uh, Trump made a good move. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't get rid of him earlier. Well, do you think this is part of the Trump plan to start to go after him? I don't know. I, you know, I honestly, like, I, I think that Trump is largely a very calculated guy, but I think, I, I genuinely believe that they were just trying to get their cabinet in order before they did this. Because, like, I said early on in the election, like, look, I wanted – I thought that – I'm not a lawyer, but I thought there was evidence to indict her. I really wanted them to indict her. But then when the se- when he opened the investigation a second time, I was not for that. I thought, I thought that was really a stupid move by him because even though I love to see Hillary under investigation, I love to see her squirm. But I don't think that that was a rational move, and I thought it brought a lot – it lost a lot of credibility for the FBI. Yeah, I agree with that part, yeah. Well, you know, um, it's, it's funny that when you look at the uh, Hillary is now blaming Comey for losing the election. She said if that didn't happen on October mm-hmm. 27th or 28th, she'd be president of the United States. BS. So uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm still trying to figure out Comey. <laughs> what, what, um, huh? what was that judge's name when she said uh, she was coming out of the woods? And then mm-hmm. Asked a bunch of people, do you want to go, do, should Hillary Clinton go back to the woods or start back in politics? Go back to the woods. You remember that? Oh, that was on TV. That was an interview yeah. they were doing. Yeah. But that, yeah, she should just stay out of politics. She's done. Well, that's the thing too, is like, you know, I don't know, like Trump was like, <laughs> oh, you know, like I'm going to let bygones be bygones with her. But I'd be willing to bet that he had some sort of notion that she was probably going to stay out of the limelight. Now she's jumping back. She's like, oh, I'm part of the hashtag resistance. It's like, you know, A, you don't know what a hashtag is. B, like, what are you resisting? The law? I mean, that's that's actually prosecutable. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Carl, have you heard of the OFA? Uh, no. No, the OFA. is Obama's uh, thing. He started it back in 2013 where a lot of these protesters are coming from. It's called, uh, what was it? Uh, do you remember, Sammy? I remember OFA. Yeah, the, I don't remember the... Obama something or other. It's, it's, and I don't have the information in front of me, but we talked about it last week where the, this was formed by Obama back in 2013 to make sure that there was some type of shadow government where there was a protest about healthcare, a protest yes. about anything. And, the, and, and this OFA is apparently um, sending the revenue or sending the money through to get these protests going around the country. And the, no, the, the race we out. always knew these. I mean, you see the ads on Craigslist for it. Here's the thing is a lot of these protesters, like the protesting is a very, 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 very small portion of the people in this in this country. They do not re, they do not represent the, the you know, the, the majority. The, exactly. The, yeah. More, I mean, we're talking like two percent. OK, but they're so vocal that they seem like they're more. And this is a democratic. This is a tactic, a, a propaganda tactic. Right. It's to seem so vocal that you are, you know, you, the, you represent the masses and things like this. And what what is funny to me is these people, they call themselves anti-fascist, the ones that are breaking things and shutting down free speech. Like you're literally shutting down free speech to prevent fascism. That that is fascism. I mean, right. <laughs> but but it's also what what makes it dangerous though is it, it does keep the public divided. You know, you can have that two percent, but that two percent can still make a division. Well, you know, and and recently, this is what the Democratic Party did so swimmingly. I rarely give them credit for anything, but they really did a phenomenal job at this. Is the Democratic Party was the catch-all? It was if you don't fit the the stereotypical you know bullet by bullet Republican mantra. 
come join the Democratic Party because we're all welcoming. But when Tom Perez came out and said, if you're not pro-choice, you're not a Democrat, this is the beginning of the end of the Democratic Party. Um, because I think that this is this is something and what they're doing, we can go on to healthcare later, but this is something they're doing with healthcare too, is is they're trying to spin this narrative that, you know, the Democrats are out to help you and the Republicans are going to let you die. Okay, so what we're going to do, uh, running again, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we, we are going to be talking about health care. A lot of people in the country are really confused about health care. They don't know what the hell happened. It's not being explained. So uh, Carl uh, will get into this. Um, and so will we, as we have for over the years of talking about healthcare and why and what is really going on with healthcare. Anyway, you're sitting with Richie and Samuel on Renegade Talk with Carl Higby from Fox News. We'll be right back. Word. I'm going to eat some burrito real quick. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. They, okay, they we're back. Renegade. Like a sombrero. We're back, Renegade Nation, as Carl Higby chokes on his burrito. And I'm we choking are, on a hot dog. You're choking on a hot dog, and I'm sitting here looking at the uh, computer monitors and the screens. My name is Richie, along with Sammy. We're running. You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio, where we don't sugarcoat shit in Las Vegas, Nevada, with Carl Higby, Fox News, and we're going to be talking about one of our favorite subjects that we like to talk about all the time: healthcare. <laughs> As we go through it again, what we did through uh, seven, eight years ago with Obamacare, now we have Trump Care, and so Carl, I want to give you the stage on this one because I'm thoroughly confused about what's going on with healthcare. <laughs> All right, so let's let's break this down here. The Democratic claims that everyone's you know 24 million people are going to lose their healthcare, patently false, totally not true. The big thing behind this is Obamacare, in Obamacare, there was a law that you had to purchase health insurance. So guess what? A lot of dutiful citizens went out and they purchased health insurance as the law stated. So, yes, many people, they're saying it's between 12 and 18 million, will drop off the off of health care because it's no longer a law to purchase it. They don't want it. They didn't want it in the first place. Right. And you know what? As bad of a decision that is, we are not the morality police. Like you, you can't legislate personal responsibility no matter how hard you try. So that said, there are, you know, the Democrats say, well, we did this to help the American people. Well, there were 24 Amer- a million American people that were very happy with how things were going in this right. healthcare thing. And because of Obamacare, they either lost the plan they had, right. had to buy per plan that they didn't want, or, you know, they had the crappy bronze plan with it. You know, I mean, it, it basically, the people that the Democrats are saying that it helps so much are the ones that are most affected by this because these people were had a plan that worked or didn't have a plan and didn't want one. And we're never going to buy one because they were made just barely too much, you know, 50 grand or whatever the line was for the family to apply for the subsidies. So they had to pay out of pocket. So. The people that the Democrats are saying that this was designed to help are the ones that hurt the most. Exactly. Now, there there are counties where you have literally zero exchanges. Iowa has has most of their counties, 94 out of 97, I think it is, um, has one ex- provider, which is leaving. So you have I mean, you have a massive exodus of these things from the market. Now, let's break down the actual numbers here. About 160 to 170 million Americans, there's 340 million Americans, about 170 million Americans have healthcare through their employers. Obamacare, 
had no bearing on that. The only thing it did was it made it a little bit more expensive for the employers to insure their employees because the general cost of health care rose, period. So right. there was, other than that effect, there was zero effect on 170 million Americans. Now you have about 30 million Americans that buy private insurance. That's all. Okay. So less than, less than 10% of America buys private health insurance. So that's this big, huge Obamacare. The insurance market is one fifth of the US economy, okay? Which is $3 trillion, a total US economy, $3.4 trillion. Okay, so one fifth of that is just healthcare. So they had, they, they revamped the entire system for less than 10% of the population, screwed it up for everyone. They sure did. Yeah, and let me tell you how this works, America, because if you don't understand how the healthcare system and the deductible system works, this is in a nutshell. You have to buy health insurance. So <clears throat> you buy a health insurance, you want a, a, a low monthly payment, so in exchange you have to have a high monthly, or you have a high deductible. So if I want a, you know, a $1,500 a month payment, my deductible may be $5,000. So let's say in a given year, I spend, um, $4,500 on medical expense. I go to the doctor, I maybe I, I break my ankle and I get an x-ray. So I spend $4,500 in the entire year uh, of, of that iteration, the fiscal year. I have now dealt out $4,500, which I would have had to dole out whether I had insurance or not. <clears throat> but in, <clears throat> in addition to that, I have now doled out $1,500 a month extra. So three, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking 18, uh, $18,000 $18, plus $4,500. This is money that people don't have. So you well, can see right. how uh, Carl, I wanna, Carl, I think that's a really ter uh, good uh, deal. And I don't know why you're complaining about it. For the $18,000, I get free. Oh, I don't even start. No, I get free eyeglass treatment. I get free uh, examinations. <laughs> oh, I know where you're going. And I get free lenses. So so yeah. why are you complaining about that? I think that's a smoking <laughs> deal for $18,000. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, but, but that's the fundamental problem here, is, is this was this was an attempt to legislate people into personal responsibility. And it was less than 10% of the population that it really genuinely affected. Everybody else had no benefit from it except for an increased price. Hey, so I'll go ahead, that's sorry. the issue. Um, one of the things that bothered me about the Obamacare, Carl, was the fact that I was paying into it. The bill as a whole? No, no, no. That, there was a lot of it, but you know what I mean. But yeah. I was paying so much money into it, and I didn't get as good uh, quality care as the people that don't pay into it, that are getting right. it free from, from what we pay. So there's a great there's a great article out there uh, on the National Review, and, and basically this is what it says. It breaks the whole thing down into apples. Let's say you have four children, okay? America has four children, but we only have three apples. You would like all four of your children to have apples. Of course you would. So what you do is you go petition Congress, which is what the ACA was. They went to Congress and they said, we want to make a law that every single person has an apple. Great. Okay, so now we've passed a law, and if you don't have an apple, you're you're now getting fined for not having an apple. But you, yeah. and, but the law is you have to have the apple. So then you come back to the drawing board, and you still have three apples and four children. Right. So there is absolutely guess what? Without finding a fourth apple, it doesn't matter what legislation you well, pass. It doesn't it, matter what fines you levy or impose. The fact is, America only has three apples and four children when it comes to healthcare. This in the bill also, there's two different things here. And this is largely gone unexpressed. Is 
the cost of health insurance right. and the cost of health care, which are two very separate things. Nobody's done anything. The the average price of an aspirin in the United States of America is between eight cents and twenty one dollars for one aspirin. Mm-hmm. That's what hospitals charge. Yeah, that's what hospitals charge for an aspirin. Yes, I know. Yeah. It happened to me. Yeah, I know. Carl, exactly. I, so you, there's no standardization. Okay, Carl. I have a question. Um, I look at when they talk about pre-existing. Mm-hmm. Okay, this gets really this the, those words get really changed around and interpreted in different ways. I always looked at it that when I was born, I was pre-existing. Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Well, Rich, let's not even go into your pre-existing. But. Exactly. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Oh my God, I'm not the only one. I am not the only one. Thank you, Carl. And let's let's crush this myth of the pre-existing condition. So the pre-existing condition applies to one percent of 1% of America. So one one hundredth of a percent. That right. is such a small fraction. The fact that these are the Democrats are, oh, well, people with pre-existing conditions. Guess what? Within the new bill for that the Republicans have passed, we address pre-existing conditions. We leave it upon the states, but we have an $8 billion slush fund that by math has more than enough money to cover those pre-existing conditions in the marketplace currently, okay? There mm-hmm. is such an infinitesimal number of people within the community, and we have set that aside. The The thing is, is there are legitimate cuts in this thing, like Medicaid. There are, there are cuts back to not making everybody buy insurance, and the reason we're doing that is because people weren't buying it anyway, and the people who were buying it were were so crushed by the cost of it that they couldn't buy anything else. Carl, how come we didn't go back to the old ways of doing it? Back to the day, back in the 80s and 90s, when you got hired by an employer and you had a 90-day um, window to prove yourself. And if you got through the 90 days uh, period of tr- trying to prove yourself that you're a good person or a good employee, they would uh, give you the yeah. health insurance plan, but you you might have to pay something into it. Now, I understand back in the day, if I can remember this correctly, I would get my health insurance free if I was married, uh, my wife and children would get that coverage also, but I would have to pay for that coverage at a discounted level because the company had so much power to get the the better health benefit packages. No negotiating pools. Yeah. So companies even band together with other companies to negotiate their rates, be, you know, strength in numbers. That still happens. That's 170 million Americans still get their health insurance through that method. Okay. That has not changed. Okay. The price of it has changed. Yeah, the price of it. I mean, so what is it? What is it today? Uh, is it astronomical? Is that what everybody's complaining about? Well, uh, here's the thing: is like it, what, what's largely happening is employers are absorbing some of the costs, but also you, what what plans are doing. Like, let's say you work for Company X. Company X used to sponsor, you know, a hundred percent of your of your visits. You paid, you know, of the premium, you paid twenty percent of the premium, which is, you know let's say it's $200, they paid $800 a month. And then you'd go to the doctor and there would be, you'd, they'd cover 100%. There may be a $10 copay on medication or something. Right. Now, to to offset those costs, because now the price is, in some cases, like Arizona, double. It's 100%, 119% increase in Arizona. So now the employer is now paying $2,000 total. So you would pay, instead of paying, um, you know, uh, what is it, 200 and 800, it's now they're now saying, well, it's going to be four hundred and sixteen hundred. But the company's like, I can't pay sixteen hundred, so I'm going to pass most of it off to the consumer, my employee. And then on top of that, to offset even more costs, they when you go to the doctor, you now pay a fifty dollar copay. So I mean, it, this is this is what happens because and it, the reason there is there's single payer healthcare programs all over the world. Okay, there's the socialized medicine, but 
all of those countries have one thing in common. Everybody has healthcare, but the one thing we don't have in common with them is not everybody has healthcare, but guess where every single other country comes to get the best care? It's in America. Yeah, in America. The, mon- exactly. yeah, the money that is spent <clears throat> providing basic care for the masses allows no money left over for research and development, advancements, and, and, and quite frankly, groundbreaking things that are that cannot be done over there. In our system, because we have three apples and four kids, we have money laying around that is not spent on somehow allocating a fourth apple, but we do it on research and development, and that is why a United States of America saves lives. Maybe we are onto something here, and sure, it sucks for some people. Sorry. Carl, I have a question. Uh, on, on the, who who is the architect of the um, mathematical equations of the health insurance program from Obamacare? How did they? Well, just, had, there was a lot of doctors that dropped out because they couldn't. They they didn't want to deal with it. it was, mm-hmm. Right. Well, you, the, the regulations are are nearly crushing for small practices. Um, and there's there's like Aetna, for instance. I live in Connecticut. Aetna left Connecticut in large part because they closed down this division in this state because it was so crushing for them to be a taxes regulations i mean they it's not a friendly business environment right they weren't making any money so obamacare had a lot to do with exactly with them leaving so right what happened is is like let's say iowa where most of the counties are about to be dropped and have zero providers in those counties and the reason being is because these the, the government can't force a company to stay in business exactly so what these companies are doing is they're like look you know we nobody's getting health care until they're sick. Well, why are they blaming this on Trump? Because Trump inherited inherited this mess with Obamacare. And now they're blaming Trump and saying that Trump has ruined the health care program. Like you just said in Iowa, they're all going to be leaving. There'll be no there'll be nothing there because these insurance companies are leaving. That's not Donald Trump's fault. Yeah, so you're damned if you do, damned if you yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, here's the thing: if if Donald Trump lets the ACA completely collapse the market, then what happens is he was he presided over the biggest healthcare collapse in the history of America. If he does touch it and it's not perfect, he gets blamed. He's going to get a perfect plan. So he's going mean, to get blamed. Sucks. Yeah, he's going to get blamed either way. But he's only been in office, uh, Renegade Nation, 110 days, give or take. I mean, he has not. He's trying to fix the healthcare plan so it's even and and everybody can afford it and everybody can have the healthcare insurance, insurance, which you need. I, I don't see why well, they're going yeah. after Trump on this. Well, you the have, Democrats are also going to parade around. The, there's always going to be someone or some small group, some infinitesimal group affected by some legislation in something somewhere. It doesn't matter. You, there's no such thing as perfect legislation. So the Democrats are going to find the one person who's affected negatively by this. And you know what? They're going to say, like, the people who are doing this, it's like, well, their argument is, well, you know, we're going to pay for their insurance anyway. Don't pay for it. You know, like, and we have to cut back. And why aren't we paying for it? It's not because we're cold and heartless. It's because we can't afford it. Rich, you know, like, I'm sure you'd love to buy everybody a really fast car, but you can't afford to buy 100,000 people a really fast car. That's exactly right. So guess what? You don't do it. Okay, so on the Trump, on the Trump plan, do they, do they still keep the IRS um, penalty clauses in there? Because I don't know about nope. that either. No. So the IRS penalty clause is not in there. So it, it is no longer a law to purchase well, okay, then, then, okay, Carl, then here comes the question. How come you don't hear anything about that on the mainstream ostrich media? How come you don't hear anything about, nobody's talking about the tax thing. And I, I've been sitting there saying, yeah, and then nobody's mentioning about the IRS. Is the IRS still involved with uh, Obamacare slash Trumpcare as it's being switched over? 
So, well, here's the thing is, first off, the Obamacare is still law of the land right now. It has not been repealed. It has been passed in the Congress. It needs Senate, and then it needs to go to the executive desk. Right. It's going to come back to Congress for revisions and a revote. So the the Senate is going to rip it apart. Rand Paul is going to – Rand Paul wants to get government completely out of the picture. Not going to happen. Um, so you can pretty much count his vote off as long as the government has their hand in it. Um, that, so that leaves them, you know, 51 votes. You lose – you can lose two votes at that point before you have to bring bring in Mike Pence to be the tiebreaker. Right. So it, it you have a very 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 thin margin, and um, like what what this repeal does is it stops people from mandating to buy some buy a product, which even though the Supreme Court held it up as a tax not a penalty, I believe it's unconstitutional because you can't, and people make the argument of cars. So it was like, guess what? You don't have to drive a car. Like if you sit by, by default, this law, that if you sit there on your couch or in a beanbag naked eating Cheetos and do nothing, you are now taxed. You, the night before you were not taxed, once it passed, you were taxed. Now we've repealed that tax as of now. And so now you can't be penalized for doing nothing. And what about the uh, 3% tax uh, on the, if you sell your house, that's also in that Obamacare uh, bill? You know the Obamacare? There's a little yeah. excerpt in there about the 3%. You pay 3% taxes on that as well. Did they get rid of that too? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I have no idea. I did no, not you know read the 1600-page bill. Hey, Carl, and the other thing is that they should, So I think that the administration or the government should take over the three uh, main stations, NBC, ABC, and CBS, and Fox and maybe CNN, and then have it explained to the American people exactly what's gonna happen here so everybody understands it. I saw Nancy Pelosi or the other day, and they said they didn't read the law, they didn't even read it yet. They don't even know. Well, the thing is, is like nobody read this bill. It was, you know, I was talking to my buddy uh, who's a congressman from Florida and he said, yeah, they handed me this bill. It's 1,650 pages. They handed it to me the, this morning and I'm supposed to vote on it this afternoon. He's like, Rand Paul actually, you know, as much of a, a nut he can be, he does have some legitimate ideas. One of which was he passed a, he tried to pass a bill on the Senate floor that said, we have to read the bill before we vote on it. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, but the thing was, it only got four votes. <laughs> So it's Are a matter of so it's a matter of people getting paid off is what it comes down to. They're paying people off to get this bill through for their for their for their own benefit, but the American people and even Congress doesn't even know what's in the bill to begin with. Well, and, and right. not, well, not only that. Here's one of my issues right now is with the Congress. When I see congressmen and, and women, these guys are like in their 80s now, and it, I mean, it's I'm not saying that you you're too old to do your job, but there does come a point when they're too old to do their job. They're too old to do their damn job. In other words, there should be term limits. I've they, always been. They should I always, be. I've always been up for term limits uh, for a long, long time, and it's never happened. I mean, McCain's been in there thirty years. Just I think thirty yeah. years, Carl. Um, yeah, thirty-three years. That's a long, long time. I mean, oh no, I, whoa, whoa! He's actually approaching. I think he's approaching forty. I was just going to oh, say 40? forty. Yeah. years, Yeah. So I think that they need term limits, maybe ten years at the most. But they, I think, hopefully, Trump down the road will do that and get that enacted. And, and one more thing: Are they going to be thinking about the uh, cuts on the uh, what, when they retire? Do they still keep their full? Oh, their pensions? pensions. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about that too. Do you hear anything I mean, about that, Carl? Pension? No, nothing really. But I mean, pensions are one of our biggest unfunded funded liabilities and the problem was is a lot of these pension plans like there's a pension thing issue right now where back in the 50s Peru when they swear to the 60s when they switched over to this communist government 
Peru went in and said, well, we're taking your land and in exchange we're giving you bonds. And America bought a lot of those bonds for pension plan, like, because they were guaranteed government-backed bonds. So they bought, you know, to the tune of billions, and like, I mean, it was like five to ten billion dollars of these bonds, that, and they put them in pension plans, invested them in, you know, 401ks and IRAs and pensions. Wow. And now Peru is like, screw you, we're not, you know, those bonds are worthless. What a mess. Anyway, we're gonna get out of here. Carl, thank you so much for giving us an insight of what's going on with healthcare and, and Mr. Comey and the FBI. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye, Comey. I mean, there's a lot of talking heads out there, <laughs> Renegade Nation talking a lot of stuff, but uh, I was so happy, nice to have Carl Higby on from Fox yeah. to give us, some, uh, give us some info from his point of view. And it's good to talk to you again, bro. Yeah, man. Well, send me the link. I'll tweet it out. I will do, Carl. Make sure next time you want to put us on national TV, make sure that... uh... (laughs) Don't even go there. (laughs) Carl, thank you. Later. I I don't know these guys. (laughs) 